Springfield actually is in the Guinness Book World Records for like the most restaurants per capita one year. Did you not know that? Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower. You're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Spring Food, Missouri. Spring Food, Missouri. <laughs> Springfield, Missouri. I'm Andy Carr. I'm Dan Howell. And we have an extra special guest today. Hi, I'm Andy Sun. <laughs> Hi, Andy Sun. We'll, we'll Andy just in... gave a little wave to the <laughs> listeners as well. <laughs> it so, totally translates over. <laughs> yeah, listeners, consider yourself cutely waved at. <laughs> Dan. You getting tired of Chinese food yet? I think you underestimate how much Chinese food I normally eat. Uh, I might be getting specifically tired of cashew chicken, but <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be tired of Chinese food. I am food. not. <laughs> yeah, not even close. <laughs> I think if you include leftovers, uh, we're only 13 days into this month, and I have eaten Chinese food at least 13 times, <laughs> at least once a day. I've eaten Chinese food outside of the limits of what we're recording. I've had other <laughs> just got out. Chinese food You places. guys take your job real seriously. Oh, yeah. Job. <laughs> <I'm> job. <laughs> Finally, mean, an excuse for my uh, very poor eating habits. I was going to say, you you take our excuse to eat this way very seriously. You really yeah, should yeah. have like a before and after picture oh, while, while you're so healthy. <laughs> relatively. I figure we're probably going to talk for a long time with you, Andy, but before we do that, let's learn a little bit about uh, why you're here. I'm going to play our bio segment Sounds for great. Shanghai Inn and Peking House. <laughs> <laughs> Shanghai Inn was founded in October 1975 by two women, Aurora Sun and Kwok Ping Ki. Aurora Sun came from a family of immigrants from Manila in the Philippines. She had worked as a librarian at St. Agnes Catholic High School, and it appears that she continued to do so while opening and operating Shanghai Inn, as well as another restaurant, which we'll get to in a bit. Kwok Ping Ki was still in college. She graduated in December of 1976. Imagine running a business and either holding down a job or finishing your last year of college at the same time. It couldn't have been easy. And get this, Aurora had just started another restaurant, the original, legendary Dragon Inn on Campbell, the one that was just south of Bass Pro. Aurora started that business with Joseph Fong, the man who would eventually go on to open Chinese Chef after he and Aurora had settled some legal disputes that left Aurora as the sole proprietor of Dragon Inn toward the end of 1976. In February of 1981, Aurora's husband, Dr. Woodrow Sun, a professor of mathematics at MSU, joined her as owner of the inn's Shanghai and Dragon. In April of that same year, the couple opened Mandarin Inn on Battlefield, in the spot that's now Yum Yum Bowl. The Suns had an extraordinarily busy year. In August of 81, Aurora graduated with a master's in business administration, though I'd bet by that point, she'd probably figured out how to run a business through experience alone. A couple years later, in the fall of 1983, the Suns, along with Aurora's nephew, Jerry Angelus, opened Peking House on East Sunshine, which still exists. That same year, the Suns built and opened a second Dragon Inn location at Cherry and Campbell. They called it Dragon Inn 2, and that name and building would become iconic to several generations of college students, uh, including me. Okay, so were you keeping track? Let's just run all this down. Aurora Sun and her husband Woodrow owned and operated Shanghai Inn, Dragon Inn, Mandarin Inn, Peking House, and Dragon Inn 2. That is a culinary legacy. In February of 1990, the Suns decided to switch it up and opened Faces Cafe and Beer Garden, again with Jerry Angelus, in the Glenstone building that now houses local Mexican favorite La Hacienda. Faces did not serve any Asian food, but instead focused on more traditional American dishes. The experiment didn't go as well as the Suns had hoped, and in May of 1991, they converted it to another Chinese restaurant, House of Hunan, which only lasted a few years. Now, this is already a pretty extraordinary, sprawling story. 
I left out some details just to make it a little bit more fluid, but it's about to get even more extraordinary. In the early 90s, Aurora and Woodrow's son sold off their remaining restaurants to various relatives in order to devote their time to supporting their daughter, Anne Marie's son, as she competed successfully to become Miss Missouri and represented the state in the nationally televised Miss America pageant in Atlantic City. Anne Marie was the first ever Asian American Miss Missouri. That is really cool. Mandarin Inn and the Dragon Inns eventually closed, but Peking House and Shanghai Inn are still kicking. Or, um, serving, I guess. The sons sold their stake in Peking House to Aurora's nephew, Jerry, and he still runs it today. They sold Shanghai Inn to Aurora's brother, Carlos Lim. Sadly, Carlos passed away in December of 1998, but his family took over the business and continued to run it in his absence. And they still do. After 44 years, Shanghai Inn is still up there on North Glenstone, just south of Kearney. And they're still serving some of the Sun's original recipes. So today, my esteemed colleague Dan and I have bestowed upon ourselves the duty and the privilege of determining exactly what helped those savory Springfield mainstays survive the cruel crush of time. Tell me there's sunshine when I die, but the stars in the sky Andy, that was your band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that old thing. Modern Epic. Ooh. That wasn't just my band. That was also like my family's story. That was really cool hearing, what do you call that? Like just a new standpoint, just like neutral, uh-huh. um, hearing the history. That was really cool. I actually found out some things I didn't know. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's very cool. I It's good to hear. I work really hard on those. Yeah, that was one of my favorites I've ever heard. There's so much in there that like kind of brings me back to my childhood and yeah. like, even connects with me on like a tangential level. Very, very weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, right down to seeing modern epic Facebook posts on <laughs> through, throughout my adolescence. Yeah. Uh, so many of them down to peaking house or Peking house. How do you say it? I don't, you know, <laughs> I, for I, some reason use the Spanish vowel sound when I pronounce <laughs> Peking house. I don't know. So uh, my parents say Peking house, but oh. I know that um, that's not really correct, but it's like so many things in Missouri, are not how you would pronounce them, like uh-huh. Santa Fe or <laughs> <laughs> for sales. So for sales. So I think it's like the Springfield pronunciation should be Pecking House okay. and then House of Hunan. Oh, okay. oh, it's okay. <laughs> Oops. You would be surprised. So my name's Andy Sun, but so many people go Andy Soon. Oh, and yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things. It's Springfield. We're slightly racist. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm just but we're working <laughs> to be better, I suppose. So. Yeah, you're Andy's son. You want to be identified as a daughter of? Oh, Woodrow okay. And- so, um, so Andy's at, being really sweet and he's asking how I want to be referred to. So I just uh, I'm recently transitioning in the last uh, eight months, male to female. Either one works. Like you know, at the time I was son. My parents. I'll talk about this later, but they were sure. called the Cashew King and Queen of Springfield. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that must mean I'm a prince. <laughs> um, Very cool. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Child of Chinese restaurants. <laughs> uh-huh. If you've ever been to an Asian restaurant and you see some little booger of a kid running around, <laughs> I was that kid <laughs> when I was growing up. I think I've seen plenty of them in the last few weeks as Did we've you? made our way through a lot of different I mean, Asian restaurants. It's pretty common. I, a lot of um, these people are immigrants. They're not particularly wealthy. And so to be able to afford uh, a babysitter or have someone that you can trust can be really hard. So we get food whenever we want to. <laughs> uh, I had the space in a house Hunan in the corner of the bar. They set up a little television and I would record now on VHS. I don't know if anyone listening will, of course. will know. <laughs> Look, um, <laughs> we have a lot of people that are my parents. We would uh, have the tape recorder recording all the cartoons for the day. And then the next day I had to get to see them on the VHS player. <laughs> and because, um, you know, I'd spend uh, from you know, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the restaurant. Oh, and wow. So man. I had video games, I, which was grateful. You know, I was in the era of video games, great Nintendo games. Absolutely. Um, watch cartoons on VHS. And then uh, I would just sit up at the bar anytime I was hungry. I'd be like, 
can I have some food, please? And, um, <laughs> and it was a bar. So uh, my favorite thing, I would just sit up on the bar and say, can I have a virgin strawberry daiquiri, please? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty nice. You know, a little stir crazy because it's just such a small space. Sure. But that was life growing up. <laughs> wow. You probably don't remember a time in your life pre... My first birthday was in Shanghai Inn. <sighs> And also House Hunan, I had two birthdays. I have two older sisters, and they're 15 and 13 years older than me. They grew up more during when my parents were struggling. They were still trying to open restaurants and figure things out. By the time I was born, everything was pretty successful. And so I got to see some of the cool parts of like being a restaurant owner with a good track record by that point. Uh-huh. My viewpoint, I understand, is maybe a bit skewed. I know. Wh- why? Yeah, why? <laughs> well, um, typical Asian family story, like my sisters were more raised by my grandmother than by my parents. Oh. You ask, how did this person do all this? Well, you know, Asian families, like the belief is that the grandparents help you with your kids and then you will help your kids with their, uh-huh. their kids. I was actually, you know, raised by my mom and my dad more than my sisters were. Wow, okay. Because of that. How do your sisters feel about that? I mean, I guess that's for them to <laughs> so, say. Yeah, I guess it's for them to say. I just asked them about it this past Christmas. They both loved our grandmother so much. She was a really good caretaker. My middle sister, it's just the funny stories that you hear, right? So my, my I, I know my dad found time to hang out with her. And like they, she would joke that uh, they would go to the arcade and they would race each other to into the arcade. And that's like, even 20 years later, my sister still remembers racing my dad yeah. there. <laughs> my oldest sister... Now this is slightly embarrassing, but it's, it's this is the kind of this is the kind of story that I think is cute. But sure. um, so she loved the pineapple whip hula hoop girl, and after they closed all the restaurants, they'd have to drive her by the pineapple whip hula hoop girl <laughs> so that she could see her. And if if she didn't, she wouldn't she wouldn't sleep. So oh wow, that's interesting. <laughs> that's so interesting. I, tr- I okay. think the experience of seeing the hula girl on top of the pineapple whip is better than the actual pineapple whip. <laughs> I would kind of rather just drive by. Blasphemy. Are you from Springfield? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big pineapple whip lover, but I'm sure we'll dissect that on some other occasion. Some other occasion. <laughs> Maybe this summer. Episode. Dan's actually only attracted the women in uh, straw dresses, though. That is true. <laughs> so your parents started their restaurants not long after David Leong started his. Both my parents are immigrants to the United States. They went to Oklahoma State University, and that's where they met. Okay. And neither of them thought that they'd get into the restaurant business whenever they were <laughs> going to college here. Both of them uh, came from economically poor families. And so my mom only had enough money literally to go to get her master's degree in library science for a year and a half. She basically had to fit her whole degree into a year and a half, like going to winter courses and going to summer courses to make sure that she could... Her first master's degree. For her first first (laughs) master's degree. Well, and she was, yeah, she was the youngest of 10 children. Oh, my. Yeah, and the first of her family to come to the States. Really, she just wanted to, you know, get a stable job and um, be able to raise kids. Once they got married in Oklahoma... My mom actually went to New York for a year where she was a children's librarian. And that's what, you know, we thought that she'd be. Yeah. My dad actually got his master's in uh, mathematics Uh and he moved to Springfield to work at, uh, at the time, Southwest Missouri State University, now Missouri State University. He basically had three job offers. And the cute story is that um, Springfield was the closest to Aurora, Missouri. And my mom's (laughs) name is Aurora. So he picked Springfield out of the three places. That is the sweetest thing I've (laughs) ever heard. (laughs) They moved here. They had some kids. And um, my mom worked as a librarian, as you said, at St. Agnes. And um, she taught typing. She worked at Mercy St. John's for a bit. But by the time they had two kids, Annie and Amy, they were really worried that they, on the on just a teacher's salary and a librarian's salary, they wouldn't be able to raise them and make sure they could go to college and have um, mm-hmm. the security that they needed. So uh, my mom was friends with Mr. Leong, and uh, Mr. Leong had invented the recipe for cashew chicken, and he had opened up his first restaurant, and it was doing well, and he recommended that she get into the restaurant business. And so my mom didn't invent cashew chicken, but she was the first person to actually make it fast food. Uh-huh. She opened the first fast food Chinese restaurant in Springfield at Dragon Inn One. So cool. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty crazy story. And um, and the truth is, you know, like they worked really, really hard. Like she ended up getting her business master's degree, taking night classes while she worked in the day at the restaurant. A lot of that was just to make sure that they could um, support themselves. They made sure they were doing the right moves. And the story gets crazier. So like they opened up their first restaurant too, like and started feeling that success. And then they realized that the success they had doesn't have to just be their own. And so uh, both of my parents were the first of their families to immigrate. And they would actually invite other families from like the Philippines on my mom's side to immigrate to the States. 
And then that family would live with us in our own house, in our home, and it would get really, really packed at the time. My parents would teach them the ropes on how to run a Chinese restaurant. Whenever they finally had fully gotten their citizenship, they were able to um, run the restaurant. She'd give them the restaurant to run. Uh-huh. And so that's one of the reasons why there are so many of them is because there have been so many different families that have immigrated because my mom brought them into the state. Wow. Is so crazy. Yeah, and awesome. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> I've eaten so much Chinese food <laughs> in my young life and just to imagine how much of it alone has like come from your family's dynasty. Here it's so funny because like it's true because like my mom taught a lot of the chefs who then become the owners of those next generation restaurants too. And so it's like there was a time so there used to be uh, at Mr. Yen's. Do uh-huh. you remember them? Oh, she yeah. would have like a Chinese New Year party. Right. And there'd be all the restaurant owners. Everyone would know my mom because uh-huh. like she was just the empress of this yeah you know yeah (laughs) part of the reason i feel like i can talk about today is i'm just so proud of them because not only did they overcome a certain amount of adversity and create their own success story but they didn't in a really ethical way every night they'd come home they'd count the cash they'd make sure that they did the counting and booking right my dad after he he taught from college he'd go to work in a restaurant Uh afterward they to keep everything running they had to be so organized you know, we look back generations, I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't, I'm not as hard a worker as my parents. <laughs> and you ask my mom, she'll say the same thing. Like, her mom was extremely hardworking. She had too. 10 children. She had 10 kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom's family in the Philippines started out extremely wealthy. Uh, when the Japanese invaded the Philippines in World War II, they ended up taking all their money. And so my mom's family lost all their money and they had to support themselves with like a convenience store would run out of their house. And then my mom's mom also worked another job at like a gambling den being a cook. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and so it's just like <laughs> my mom will look back at these, at this situation that she comes. She's like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how my mom survived. And it's like one thing I learned, one thing about that's true about the immigrant story is that a lot of times they didn't have room for themselves. They had to survive and they had to provide for their families. I learned a lot of different lessons that way. Like one of the, one of the lessons I learned was actually, Andy, you can be anything you want to be except a restaurant owner <laughs> because it's so much hard work. Yeah. I didn't see some of the struggles that they went through, but I know that like it's, it's the simple things like, um, so House of Hunan, when it converted to a Chinese restaurant, used to have a buffet uh-huh. and they decided that they wanted to serve sushi and they'd have one particular customer come in every morning take literally all the sushi they made plopped on their plate and then demand that they make more also. And they didn't understand like, you know, being an immigrant, they didn't understand what the boundary of customer service is at that point in time. Uh And it was just really devastating. Like that. I think that one person was responsible for them deciding not to make a buffet again. Jeez. Um, And then (laughs) I know back in the eighties when they had a dragon in, um, there was a con man couple. They had purposely tripped in front of the restaurant on the sidewalk and threatened to sue my folks and go to court. And a lot of times, you know, people will just try and settle because they don't want to lose potentially a lot of money. Sure. It was lucky that my parents went to court and they found out that this couple had done this multiple times and that they were able to be, you know, exonerated. Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. There's about a thousand different directions we could go and so many different questions that I have. But I think we probably just for the sake of time need to focus on the restaurants that still exist. Uh, Shanghai Inn and pecking house yeah so both those restaurants are still in quote-unquote the family Mm -hmm. Uh, my parents don't have anything to do with the day-to-day operations pecking house is actually owned not just by jerry angelis but also by his sister winnie okay (laughs) and that's was they were one of the families that grew up in our household they're all my sister's age they have found their own niche which has been very good for them they are a chinese restaurant but they're also a little classier Mm mm-hmm when you go inside the restaurant, you can tell that whole family is just really classy in general. So okay. <laughs> it takes, you know, that makes total sense. It, well, Dan and I will talk about that sure. later, but well, that totally makes sense with my experience there. <laughs> I went to Glendale yeah, and grew yeah. up on that side of town, <laughs> uh, like Sequiota, Pershing, Glendale. And that was kind of always held as the standard for cashew right, chicken right. or Chinese food in general. It was supposed to be the best. I know uh-huh. people yeah. from Glendale would always go there on lunch. If you go there like a regular that much, they won't know you by your name, but they'll know you by your order. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, oh, your Mongolian beef, two egg rolls. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had it, but as far as my childhood goes, that was definitely what I always held as the best. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to try it again. I'd say that side of the family took the restaurants and really made it into their own. Okay. Um, Shanghai Inn. 
I feel like is more in the true heritage of what my parents were trying to set out and do, which may be just like work overly hard. <laughs> my parents always believed in quality over quantity. And if you go there, I think you can really tell the difference. They still hand roll their egg rolls every day. They do the same with their crab rangoon. There's real crab in the crab rangoon. Fook, who's um, Flossie's husband, mm-hmm. will come in every morning and cut the chicken. And so like, just the quality of food is really high. Whenever my parents owned it, and uh, Governor Ashcroft was... Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned this to you earlier. Yeah, so whenever Governor Ashcroft was in town, he would come in and eat at Shanghai Inn uh-huh. first thing, <laughs> is what he would say. Wow. And they had a picture of him there. They had a picture of my sister, who was Miss Missouri. Uh-huh. And I think they, they still even might to this day. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to, I have to go back and see. But um, Flossie and her husband, Fook, run it. Uh, my uncle Carlos used to be part of that uh-huh. um, until he died. They're just extremely hardworking. The food's really good. It's not as classy as Peking House yeah. is, but the quality you'll find is just in the food. Both Peking House and Shanghai Inn, the interior and exterior are, they don't match. <laughs> so my parents, <laughs> I, I didn't bu- go yeah. inside. My parents built those buildings and yeah. those buildings are old. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah, both of them have so much character. <laughs> but you walk in and they've both been fairly recently renovated, it looks yeah, like. They're they, very nice yeah. inside. My parents joke, they so they live in Phoenix, Arizona, half the year, because that's where my sisters live. Oh, okay. And they're like, we should open up a cashew chicken stand there. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they'd probably like that. They'd probably take over Phoenix. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Springfield cashew chicken and, and the Springfield take on a lot of Asian dishes are it's so good. It's, it's and like You can't find it anywhere else. I mean, have you had, though, other people from other other towns come in like, i don't know is that like an experience just feeling as a springfieldian or is that really something that's universal most of the people <laughs> i know from other towns left from springfield to go to those other places so i haven't had the experience of really gotcha. taking someone that has never i will tell you that um both my sisters whenever my parents drive to phoenix uh, if they drive to phoenix um they will ask that my parents bring some cashew <sighs> chicken with them <laughs> <laughs> i i don't see how you couldn't just really get something out of the cashew chicken experience it's just so hearty and like i i don't understand whenever i hear outsiders that's all referred (laughs) to them (laughs) um come to my town and tell me that the cashew chicken's no good have you had wrong and have you had cashew chicken outside of springfield it's horrible yeah yeah it's no good (laughs) good. there's like gravy but it's really watery typically yes the chicken is breaded in a weird way yeah. or not breaded or not breaded. Get out of yeah. here with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is far too healthy. Yeah. <laughs> People uh, wondered why my parents uh, may wonder why my parents got out of the restaurant business. They owned, um, I think six at one point in time. And I think when I was growing up, they owned uh, four or five of them still. Yeah. My sister was actually competing in uh, the Miss Missouri pageant. And the first year, she, my parents did not understand what, what that was about. Like they didn't understand why she was doing it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> why did she care so much? But it really mattered to her. And she spent a whole year um, hitching rides with friends, uh, comp- getting, doing everything she needed to compete. And she did well, but she didn't make it. And one day she just told my parents how sad that made her feel that like, and my parents noticed that um, when when, she, when other people won or lost, they went to their parents to, to get hugged and to cry or whatever they needed to do. And my sister didn't have that. And oh. so she told my dad and my dad talked to my mom. They didn't even tell my sister. My sister just found this out uh-huh. this past Christmas too. But they, um, they talked and they're like, you know, there's no way we can own a restaurant and support, support my, you know, and because she's going to Kansas City, she's going to St. Louis, she's going to Columbia, wherever she needs to do to compete. And what they ended up deciding is that we're going to sell all the restaurants this year so that we can support her 100%. And they did. So, Andy, thank you so You're much so for coming thank on today. I'm, I've really been looking forward yeah. to this. And, and, and having dug into the research. Andy has texted me <laughs> so much about how he, excited he is about this like interview and just this episode in general. And and it's my honor. Thank now you that so it's much. come to fruition, it's uh, kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, and part of it's the food, which Dan and I are going to talk about yeah. here Sounds in a little good. bit. Andy's son, before we let you go, is there anything uh, you have to promote? Anything people should uh, check out? Sure. Um I'm really glad that you asked me on this podcast and I'm just very grateful to tell the story of my parents. Um, One of the things that I think that escapes sometimes is that outside of the success story, um, what kind of human beings are these people? And Uh um, one thing I'm really proud about, so I've recently been coming out as transgender this past eight months to them and they've just been so supportive and so loving and it's not something that they understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, But one of the things that they've always done even though they've had to work really hard and they have, you know, not as much time as maybe some other parents do is that they've always been very consistent in their, in their love. And so I wanted to mention that before I left <laughs> and, um, and you can kind of tell that from the story of them selling their businesses for my sister. Totally. But, um, just appreciate 
how much family means to them and what they taught me about that. Um, if you would like to check out any of my own personal works, I'm a musician. You heard uh, one of my former uh-huh. bands, Modern Epic, at the in the intro. Absolutely. Um, I'm a writer. Uh, I'm an actor now. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, finished a short indie film um, last weekend, and I'm just uh, really embracing my creative ability. And going back to my parents, this is another thing, is like whenever I had a question of could I do this or not, I just look at them and I saw what they created and knew that if I worked as hard as they did, I could do anything. And so right now I've, for the first time in my life, along with my transgender um, experience, I've really just started supporting my own art and and loving myself more and believing that I have something valuable to show the, share the world. So if you'd like to check that out, you can check me out on my, on Facebook or on Instagram. It's a uh, lady Merlin song, uh, all one word. And um, for the like LadyMerlinSong.com, or you can just look up Lady Merlin on Facebook. Yeah. And that's my uh, writer name or artist name. We will link to that in the show notes for this episode if anybody wants to go check that out. Yeah, I check. appreciate it. <laughs> and you definitely <laughs> should go check that out. Andy, we've known each other for a long time, probably at least 15 years. At least 15 years. So the first time point. I met Andy Carr, he was in a Christian <laughs> ba- rock don't. band <laughs> called Time of Favor. I got to tell the story. So it was, um, it was Relay for Life. Oh, boy. And it was freezing cold and I hadn't eaten dinner and they weren't serving pizza. And one thing that their band used to do at that point is they sold, they, they bought a bunch of junior bacon cheeseburgers Mm -hmm. and they tossed them out into the audience. I caught one and I was like the most starving kid there probably. (laughs) And I was like, I will love your band. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason. (laughs) That's the reason. And they also played good music too. Uh, And, um, and I shared half of it with somebody else beside me who's, who looked about as starving as I was. And and you made two fans that night. One burger. (laughs) Awesome. I also loved time a favor and I didn't even get a junior bacon (laughs) cheeseburger. So what's up with that? (laughs) Bribery works like, you know, half the time. Well, Andy, you're always doing something awesome and creative and actively trying to make the world better, which is something that Dan and I certainly aren't always doing, <laughs> especially Dan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I don't know why I said that, but I really appreciate everything you've done for our community over the years. It seems like you're always doing something and it's awesome. So Same. thanks for coming to our show. Thanks Thank for you everything so you do. You're Shanghai Inn, North Glenstone, South of Kearney. I did not have any idea what it looked like until I drove by it and realized I knew exactly what it looked like because I drove by it, you know, a hundred times, if not more in my life. Had you been to Shanghai Inn? That was pretty much my exact experience. I don't believe that I have ever actually had Shanghai Inn's food, but I've certainly driven by it enough times to recognize it instantly. Oh, this place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I called in the order. I'm very good at calling in orders. You, as you don't you know. say. Uh, you actually heard me call one in just a few minutes ago. He's it's, very good, folks. It's it's a sight to behold. <laughs> Went over and picked it up. I got a really had the chance to test the grit of that Rachel Ray bag because of how mm-hmm. far this is from my home. And I guarantee it was hotter whenever I got it home than it was whenever it. it it's like a convection of yes, it. it is. It's awesome. Yeah. I did that the first time I went as well. I got these two beautiful little nephews, perfect people, and I had an opportunity to go see them. They live on, you know, the, they live far away. I'm not going <laughs> to... What's their exact address? I'm not going <laughs> to dox my nephews. <laughs> but it's a long ways away. Let's say it was probably between 20 and 30 minute drives. So we got our big order. We got two orders of cashew chicken, one order of general chicken for me, an order of orange chicken and uh, some pot stickers. I had the exact same experience as with the Rachel Ray bag. So hot. It's you open so awesome. it and steam comes out. Yeah. It's definitely hotter than it would be. Now, because it was in the bag for so long, I'm not sure that this experience is totally valid. I've actually found that there are some things that you cannot put in the bag, yeah. uh, like French fries. They will almost take on an overcooked quality if they're left in there too long. Lindsay says the same thing. I mean, she actually had, we haven't tried it, but she's like, that's not going to work for fries. (laughs) (laughs) She's so smart. She's so smart. She's so much smarter than me uh, and me for sure. (laughs) Speaking of Lindsay, Lindsay did not like the takeout from Shanghai Inn. she got cashew and it was not crispy and she kind of issues with the chicken. Uh, She's, kind of sensitive to chicken quality which sure. understandable the uh, bad chicken can really 
rub somebody the wrong way and i understand that i didn't have that kind of issue with their chicken i felt like it was pretty good now if if you're presented with the option for white meat or do you always go that direction i'm gonna elaborate on this a little bit later but no definitely not okay i did for the order that you just called sure. in because my previous visit to pecking house i had gone with dark meat i just okay. wanted to taste the difference okay sure so they don't do sauce on the side unless you ask for it at shanghai Inn. okay was that your experience? I never, I don't make any requests like that ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, it was served with the sauce on the yeah. chicken. And that's why I kind of feel like the takeout experience from there was not optimal because for mine, it did have about 30 minutes for the sure. breading to observe the absorb those uh-huh. sauces. And I still really liked it. I mean, it was kind of sloppy mush by the time it got, we got to the house, hot sloppy mush with sure. rice. And I thought it was really tasty still. Yeah, I, like I still a had a good amount of crispiness. Mine was more like a 10-minute drive, uh, but it was still nice and crispy whenever I got it home. So yeah, yeah it may have just been the duration that it was in there. Mm-hmm. Now, because I felt that way about my takeout experience, I decided to go back the next night. And I'm going to regale you with that tale now. It was a Wednesday evening. This was 8 p.m., later than normal for me. Wow. Because I I went immediately after having finished work on that bio segment. Okay. Lovely bio. This during week. which I was messaging back and forth with Andy to make sure that she was all right with using this band song sure. and like making sure that certain family familiar relations were accurate and that sure. kind of thing. So I'd spent the last like three hours working on that and thinking about this place and being immersed in the history. Now, that's just recording it and going back and forth. I'd spent the week writing about it. This was a lot of research. This yeah. is probably the most heavy I've had to get into the research just by necessity. And there's so much that you did not even learn as so we much. found out whenever Andy was with so us. Much. It's insane. Leong's, there is a lot out there, a lot more material sure. out there, but most of that material repeats the same information over and over. Mm-hmm. I just kept discovering news stories about this family and I left a lot of stuff out just yeah. by necessity. It was like five and a half minutes long and I was worried that it would go like past 10. Oh, I mean, even <laughs> off mic, Andy had more stories for us. It's, other Andy. Uh, no, your Andy's other son. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so this trip for me was like going to church or was like sure. as close to replicating that church experience of your for me. I was ready. Like I was feeling a reverent of this place, having been steeped in the history for a couple days and especially the last few hours. So I walked in. I noticed it had definitely been renovated recently or at least repainted. It's pretty cool mm-hmm. inside. Much nicer than I expected because we talked about with Andy sort of on the outside. These buildings are old and they're a little run down, but sure. I, I prefer to frame it as they have a lot of character and oh, that's yeah. sincere. Like I'm not, it's not, you know, apologetics. Like, I think these buildings look cool, even though they're old. It looked really nice. There's unfiltered lights and walls with kind of a soft lime green color and this nice textured white ceiling. There are a couple kind of ornate ceiling fans that weren't running. Uh, so they just were there looking cool. And it was very clean also. Sure. So you see these places from the outside and kind of assume that they'd be dingy. Shanghai Inn is not dingy. It is nice in there. I really loved it. I went on my own. I know it's going <laughs> to shock you on my own at, you know, 8 p.m. on a Wednesday. I ordered the C3 dinner combo sesame chicken with dark meat. And this time I got lo mein instead of rice sure. just to change it up. The sauce was sweet and savory, definitely oyster sauce based. And the flavor had depth like it lingered in my mouth even after the bites had been swallowed, which I feel like is not that normal with a lot of Chinese food sauces, early Springfield Chinese food sauces. They have that kind of immediate candy, sweet pleasure, and then it's gone once you swallow it, or even before in some cases, (laughs) dissipates very quickly. But this this did not. It really stuck around and had a lot of depth. Like It sort of changed over time. Really fantastic. The lo mein noodles were bigger than other lo lo mein noodles I had. They were really thick. Did you get lo mein with one of yours? Uh, My girlfriend got lo mein last night. How did you guys feel about it? I thought the noodles were delicious. Um, she did a little doctoring of it to mm. add a little extra flavor, which I think is just sometimes a problem you get with lo mein. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is not flavored to the point that some of their more saucier dishes are going to be at Chinese yeah. places. But yeah, it was lovely. The The noodles, I love a big, thick, soft noodle. They were long, too. Yes. Long lo mein noodles. 
not as oily as some you get some places. Yes, yeah. Sometimes you can visibly see the oil mm-hmm. on them, and it's just a big way down. But this yeah. this was not. That you could way. see the light being reflected, but you couldn't see the liquid. Sure. You know, there's still oil because they're low main, and low main has to have oil because that's all the whole deal to make it tasty. But it was good. You know, I, I didn't dislike the low main, but let's just say it didn't like have the pleasure bomb that some of the other items we're going to sure. talk about had. The breading on the chicken from my sesame chicken was great, like just the right amount of crispy as crispy as you can get without overcooking it. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the chicken was not tough and chewy on sure. the inside, but it was just so crispy. Did you go dark meat on this turn? I did. Okay. I love dark meat, too. If you, you can get that added fat and texture sure. when you get yeah. dark meat. White meat people are missing out. Like, I, I think there's been some kind of coup, and I'm happy for Chinese restaurants to make extra money from charging extra sure. for white meat, but you're just getting a slightly more bland version of a pretty amazing dish if you get white meat. It's something I've fully transitioned to since dating my lovely girlfriend, um, the transition from white meat to dark meat. I, I don't mess with the white meat at all anymore. I'm not paying that extra 50 cents. One in a hundred bites, you're going to get a good amount of gristle, maybe, uh-huh. which is off-putting to some people, but you're also just missing out on a lot of flavor. Yeah, and you know, I don't think gristle is the worst thing in the world. Sure. You know, a little bit of it is fine. I like texture, I like a variety of textures, even within the same dish. I think that yeah. can be a really good thing. I also understand that people value consistency and what that white meat. I, mm-hmm. I sort of get that perspective, but I also just I learned to love it, you know? There's also, the candy-coated breaded chicken is uh, a little healthier. <laughs> white meat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had the cashew chicken, as is my edict during the spring food mo chinese mm-hmm. new year and like i said mine was fairly crispy although it was served in the sauce i really like the dark sauce i prefer kind of a darker thicker sauce on my cashew chicken as opposed to a thin uh, more translucent sauce like a leong's is gonna have overall i i really loved it i thought their fried wi- rice was delicious yeah. The veggies in my girlfriend's lo mein were very well cooked, which is always going to be something you're looking for Mm -hmm. in a lo mein. When I went inside, the staff was so nice also. Mm -hmm. We were just killing time. I guess she was probably killing time because I was the only person in there, but she asked me about my watch. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Just making conversation is cool and not just standing and waiting. Like A lot of places will just kind of stand there and stare at you and look angry that (laughs) you're wasting their time oh and make no mistake i am wasting their time (laughs) by standing and just being petrified with anxiety of menu choice (laughs) you know i i loved it i loved my entire experience of eating at shanghai and i thought it was awesome you could definitely tell like the craft and care that went into the food there it's like you could you could taste the history dan (laughs) (laughs) any crying babies (laughs) No, no oh, okay. crying babies, no little boogers, <laughs> as Andy put it. <laughs> so should we get into our segments? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here's the first one. Are you ready, kids? Good squad. Tell me about your goons, bro. My goons were the first flat ones that I believe we've tested for this uh, Chinese New Year. And when you say flat, you mean sort of what people think of a wonton where it's sure. flat and the the edges don't curl up. Yeah, just a straight triangle mm-hmm. shape. It was pretty good. Certainly not my favorite that I've had this month. A, a little sour for my taste, but oh. I know some people kind of prefer the more sour tinge to it. Uh, they're very crispy. Sure. Yep. You know how I feel about that. The cream cheese filling had a much different flavor uh-huh. than the other ones we've had and than most I've ever had. It's not as sweet as mm-hmm. we're used to. It's decidedly not a dessert. Like it's a savory yes. din- dinner side. Whereas the other ones we've had could have, they could have been served after the meal and made sense that yep. way, you know. We have confirmation that they use real crab in their Rangoon, and yet you can't see those little orangey red chunks that you can see at other no, places. Yeah. I, I was kind of confused whenever she said it that. Makes me think those, the places with the chunks are using the imitation crabs. Sure. Like yeah. maybe that's what gives it away. These were a treat. I like them a lot. Now, there's not very much filling, sure. and that may be because it's a traditional preparation of the crab rangoon. Mm-hmm. We're used to them being stuffed yeah. with the cream cheese filling. These weren't, and I, I wish they had been, but I still really liked the flavor a lot, and 
They complimented my meal well, which is eh, it's about all you can ask for with this. You can ask for more, <laughs> <laughs> but I was happy. I was satisfied. I thought they were pretty tasty. Let's move on to the sauce count. Dog. Oh, <laughs> let's <laughs> somebody sauce me. <laughs> Hit us up with that sauce count. All right, Andy. One mustard, one duck sauce for soy. What do you think about this? Is that good? Is that a good number? I, I think it's kind of typical. A, a lot of places will only give you soy unless you request the other ones. But typically, you're going to get two to three parts soy to the other sauces. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Nice work, Shanghai. Thank you. <laughs> not, not you. Shanghai in. Thank you. Lincoln bio. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the moment... Well, maybe not everyone has been waiting for, but certainly the moment Dan and I have been waiting for. Here we go. I am rolling, 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 rolling. I am rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling. A shame that egg rolls this delicious have to be paired up with a Fred Durst <laughs> <laughs> ratty voice. I don't know. Maybe he lo- maybe he's appreciates a good egg roll. I'm sure he does, but <laughs> they're not deserving of him. When I think Fred Durst, I think tasteful man oh yeah is that right (laughs) tell me about your egg roll experience daniel well it was very good (laughs) you're a poet i know right these were the first egg rolls that i've had certainly out of the selection that we've been trying this year but maybe ever where i could truly taste that meat in there i believe it's just shredded pork it is so evident andy it's it's crazy. It's the freshest, most complete egg roll I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Fat, girthy, <laughs> stuffed, crispy, 70-30 pork to cabbage ratio, bites like a sandwich, so big, could pass for a chimichanga at some yep. kind of fusion restaurant. These rolls are real. These rolls are the truth. Dan, I've had hundreds of egg rolls. I've had them all over Springfield. Sure. I've had them on the West Coast. Uh-huh. I've had them in the South. I've had them in the Northwest. I've had them in a house. I've had them with a mouse. <laughs> I've had egg rolls from PF Chang's from Cheesecake Factory from Panda Express. I bit the head off someone's egg roll from Din Tai Fung, perhaps the most renowned Chinese restaurant chain in the world. Sure. With only a few locations in these United States. Dan, I've said all this and now I'm saying unequivocally that the fat crispy pork stuffed egg roll served at Shanghai Inn in our humble burg Springfield Missouri is the very best egg roll this wander lustful tongue has ever tasted <laughs> I agree Andy oh sorry Dan. <laughs> did you think I was done <laughs> no, I was hoping I'm not done <laughs> Next to Shanghai Inn, there's there's a storage center. Sure. Joey's self-storage. Absolutely. With the kangaroo. Dan, I'm renting a unit. I'm moving in <laughs> to be closer to those egg rolls. I'm selling my house, Dan. You ever had an egg roll so good you sell your house and move into a storage unit? I, I think I might have now. They're not even zoned for residential, Dan. <laughs> I love those egg rolls so much I'm breaking zoning laws. <laughs> And you're a big stickler on those, too. I'm a law-abiding citizen. A regular Gerard Butler. Oh, yeah, please. I eat donuts <laughs> off the ground! <laughs> These egg rolls are incredible. They're so good. They roll them by hand. They're full of pork. They've got just enough cabbage to add that little cabbagey texture. Mm. You bite into it, and it's just... Go, go, <laughs> go, go. Go to Shanghai Inn. Just Order three egg rolls and a side of dipping sauce. Mm-hmm. You could do that. You could have that and have it be a dinner. Yeah. So we spoke a little bit about the uh-huh. sweet and sour sauce. Their sweet and sour sauce, even that is served with your egg roll and crab rangoon, heads above other places' sweet and sour sauce. I, I, I usually don't like that pink translucent sauce that comes with your dippables, mm-hmm. but this one, excellent. D O P E Dan D. O P E <laughs> and Dan I have a special surprise. Ooh, we are going to do 
Huh. One of our trademark segments. Let's let's roll right into it, folks. This is the reheat special Shanghai Inn <laughs> Egg Roll Edition. We got a problem. This major crime. Get to know your enemy, boys. Every big time crew has been busted. These are the guys who took them down. Sitting in front of us right now, fresh out of my toaster oven, we have oh, <laughs> egg rolls from Shanghai Inn. Dan, I went back third trip last night, and you better believe I got one to eat right then as well. <laughs> so this is like my third or fourth Shanghai Inn egg roll this week, and I could not be happier about it. Dan, let's take a bite and talk. It's a little cold on the inside, Andy. <laughs> Got to say, method not working out this time. They're so fat. That's part of it. That might be better than fresh. It's still so good. They're a little cold on the inside because they're so big that my toaster oven method may not be ideal for reheating an egg roll this big. God, they're so tasty. Yeah, this truly is the highlight of Chinese New Year. I went into Shanghai and not knowing that their egg rolls were handmade. I don't know if this was something that you had discovered prior to eating there for the first time. But we've talked so much this series about how an egg roll is a real challenge to make good. This is easily the best item I've had. Yeah, for sure. We decided to honor the Shanghai and egg roll that we are going to create the spring food mo, Springfield mo, <laughs> perfect dish pantheon, a special place for dishes that would be served in heaven. <laughs> if Springfield were heaven, <laughs> which this is. would be on the menu <laughs> or something. So add that to your uh, mythology books that you're keeping on Spring Food Mo. Uh, spring. Yeah, the Pantheon. It's in the Pantheon. Play the theme. It's so good that I'm not even going to retroactively add another dish to it, such mm -hmm. as the kimchi fries from Scully's or the delicious chicken curry pocket from Jamaican patty. Kill. It's so good that I took another bite knowing that I wasn't <laughs> done talking for this segment. So there you go. Shanghai and egg roll and the Pantheon. And to honor this momentous occasion, here is one last clip of Andy Sun talking about those egg rolls. What can you tell us about those Shanghai and egg rolls? Just anything, any information you can give us about <laughs> them. Every um, bit of information. They're so good. They handle them every day. That was the thing I was most excited about as a kid getting to see is like getting them put together. It's a huge difference between eating something that is made fresh and that is frozen and factory made. And the thing is they don't skimp on the ingredients. Like everything that you eat at that restaurant, including their egg rolls, feels like it's homemade. Uh -huh. Anytime I go up there, I get at least one, if not to uh -huh. take them home. <laughs> yes. It is crazy. You could tell the quality of this egg roll versus all other egg rolls. Every egg roll. It's huge, it's better too. Than it's every like... other egg roll. Oh, my, my girlfriend, the moment we opened the bag, she looked at the egg roll and marked, ooh, that's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she that's very how right. they've been for however long that they've been around. So, <laughs> yeah, they are fantastic. Thank okay. you again, Andy. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, Dan, I feel like it's pretty obvious how this is going to go, but it's time we decide how many tea houses we will be bestowing upon Shanghai Inn. I would easily say that Shanghai Inn is a four tea house spot before we recorded today. Uh -huh. However, after hearing the history of the Sun family and the good that they have brought to Spring Food Mo through their delicious cashew chicken and Springfield Mo and Springfield Mo. I don't see any difference between Aurora sun and David Leong. And if we're going to no. give Leong's uh, a five star rating, which I didn't an honorary one. <laughs> yeah, I think Aurora and her lovely family are easily, if not even more deserving of it, the way that they made the recipe spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. To make it I'm fast enamored. and affordable food, yes. rather than some sort of fine dining option, 
that matters. It's almost important. more important than what David did by just standardizing the recipe. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that my rating of this restaurant is separate from my friendship with Andy that dates back many, many years. And it's even really separate from the history. Do I do think that is important? I did give David Leong an extra historical star sure. to raise their rating to what? 4.5, I believe, from me. Three, maybe no three. Point, who cares? <laughs> Shanghai Inn, history aside, mm-hmm. five stars for me. Wow. Five tea houses. All right. I love it. This, I didn't even talk about how awesome a sesame chicken was. It was delicious. I tried everything on everybody's plate. I kind of agreed with Lindsay's take that the chicken was a little, you know, after 30 minutes, it had absorbed a little bit too much. That sure. sauce wasn't crispy. I get it. This is the only place in town you can get an egg roll this good. Yes. Maybe the only place in the known world you can get it one this good. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else to do besides give it five tea houses. Yeah. If there was room for an extra historical tea house or historical <laughs> star, I would give it that. But we have a ceiling. We can't go past that ceiling. I love Shanghai Inn. This is the biggest surprise for me of the entire podcast we've done so far. Really? Outside of Chinese New Year, outside of everything, I love Shanghai Inn. Love it very, very much. That's Going crazy. back, it will smell strange, mostly like egg rolls <laughs> in my storage locker. Joining the ranks among Fakim mm-hmm. and Scully's food truck is shanghai in yeah welcome to it very quickly now we're going to run down meals we had at uh, pecking house which is going to be <laughs> perhaps anticlimactic <laughs> speed round dan why don't you just go ahead and tell us about your first impressions with your takeout meal that we just ate so i've had peking house plenty of times in my life especially growing up just grew up kind of near there like i said it was always revered as some of the best chinese food you could get in my side of town I had the cashew chicken. Honestly, it's pretty similar to uh, Shanghai Inn's. Uh, very dark sauce. Uh, the chicken was very crispy, actually. Um, it was pre-sauced, but you could tell that the chicken before saucing was super crispy, and you still got little chunks of it, which is perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. A yeah. little bit of soggy, a little bit of crispy. And the fried rice was delicious. I uh, That was kind of one thing I noticed on this meal over a lot of the other ones we've had is the fried rice had a lot of great flavor and a good amount of egg. I really loved it. Cool. How'd you feel about the price point? Price point, a little more expensive mm-hmm. than some of the other places. I think it's just because of the side of town it's on. Uh, seemingly, they've just yeah. had success selling it at that price because yeah. I didn't think the quality of the chicken or anything was far ahead of other places i've had such as a shanghai inn so i went and did the full-on you know andy car sit there by myself sure. take notes experience mm-hmm. dorky they have a sleek modern exterior almost like a fine dining aesthetic save for the goofy muzak jazz playing overhead <laughs> definitely didn't match the outside similar in that way to shanghai inn i ordered general chicken extra spicy took Ooh. a risk been trying to branch out like laura from scully's told us starting small nice Excellent presentation. Looked great on the plate. Arranged nicely with an array of colors. Uh, the sauce was oily, sticky. Sure. It was in a good way. Uh, had a cheap candy sweetness I craved from General Chicken. Num num. Uh, wasn't too spicy, even though I'd ordered it extra spicy. It was a comfortable heat level. Chicken was good. Not great, but decent. Um, for $12 for the tip, I kind of expect a higher grade of chicken in general. Uh, definitely a bigger portion. This was a full price dinner combo, and it was like a small lunch size portion, not enough for leftovers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a leftover boy, uh, meaning I was left on my parents' doorstep uh, as a child. <laughs> anyway, but as far as taste, it was certainly better than just okay. Uh, I went with the dark meat again. Uh, breading was a little chewier than I like, but still pretty good. There were minimal veggies, which is interesting for a, a general chicken dish. It's just like a few shreds of carrot and some green sure. onions on top. I was really missing the white onions all the other places have had. They kind of had a limited menu. Um, I really wanted to get sesame chicken, but they didn't have it up on the menu on the wall, Mm -hmm. weirdly. Uh, I did see it on the uh, takeout menu, and that's what I ordered today. And it was pretty good whenever I had it today. Pretty sweet, but again, not nearly at that level of the Shanghai Inn. Yeah. Sesame chicken. Crab Rangoon, crunchy fried wonton skin filled with hot fatty mush. Yeah. Tasted exactly, I mean exactly, like the Leong's Crab Rangoon. It was another flat one, uh, yeah. such as Shanghai Inn, uh, much sweeter than theirs. I think I probably preferred it to Shanghai Inn's. So mine weren't um, flat. I oh, had really? more, like I said, mine were exactly like Leong's. Huh. Yeah. It makes me suspect they're probably both using the same like Cisco products, sure. which is okay. It's 
point. It's not a negative, just an observation. Cisco Rangoon, totally passable, just like nothing extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It did come with some sweet and sour sauce for dipping, which added a lot. Got it. Got to say, mm-hmm. uh, love that dip. <laughs> <laughs> dip boy. Let's talk egg rolls. I know this is tough. This is a tough conversation. I am egg rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> Good drop, Andy. <laughs> yeah, this egg roll kind of don't even want to talk about it yeah, after just experiencing that other one. Uh, it was on the lower mm-hmm. end of the scale for what I'm looking for. Soft exterior, Very chewy soft, in the yeah. middle, didn't have much crunch. Not or, much flavor either. Or crunchy, as I put in my notes <laughs> for some reason. The ends of the egg roll were still good. They had a little bit of crunch, but man, a lot of cabbage in there, not a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. Had to drown it in soy sauce to make it, you know, calorically worth eating. Almost two different dishes mm-hmm. from like oh, from, completely. I mean, yeah, those next to each other. It's there's crazy. this egg roll, which is fine if you paid for a five dollar combo. Uh-huh. And then there's a Shanghaian egg roll, which they would feed to angels in heaven yeah. as their only meal, mm-hmm. and they'd be happy to eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day and say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Can I have another egg roll, please? <laughs> the Lord's feeding them directly. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Some sort of cafeteria. Yeah. Lord, Lord Zenu is who we're talking oh, about, right? Okay, yes. That's certainly <laughs> who I was talking about. <laughs> so something happened while I was eating at... Uh, pecking house it's only happened once before since we started the podcast as i was eating i looked out the window and i could see cesar's old mexico and i thought man i wish i was there <laughs> um the other time was at ziggy's when i could see popeyes and coyotes out Ooh. there uh, pecking house is way better than ziggy's but i can't ignore that feeling and i definitely think that feeling means something pecking house is like absolute middle of the road springfield chinese food and that's fine there's mm. nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with anything they're doing to be clear I wish they charged less for it because the location is pretty convenient for me, but it's really too expensive to regularly take advantage of the convenience. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the upcharge is for the privilege of sitting and eating this type of cheap Chinese in a more upscale, well-lit environment. <laughs> or if you're doing takeout, maybe knowing that that upscale environment is there. Sure. Something. I, maybe. I, th- I think there's just a certain amount of wealth and affluence on that side of town. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. is all like... You mean my side? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, no. the gated river cut community you live in. <laughs> Look, it's convenient for me, but I'm not. I don't live in one of those crazy houses. <laughs> I almost wish Pecking House was a little more rundown, had a little more character. Like sitting in there didn't feel like sitting somewhere historical, like sitting in Shanghai did. I wasn't disappointed about that or anything. In fact, it kind of makes Shanghai even more special because <sighs> Shanghai is the only place like truly carrying on the Sun family's legacy and that rules like Shanghai and it's like a it's like a holy space. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Peking house certainly sauced us correctly. Uh, I'm counting two hot mustards, two duck sauces and five soy sauces here in front of us. So Peking house also had one thing that Shanghai and didn't and that is fortune cookies. Dan, you didn't get the fortune cookie from Peking House nor Shanghai. Not that I refuse them, but I, as a takeout boy, I, I take my order, put it in the car into the Rachel Ray bag now, and then I drive it home. I'm not trying to let that heat out to check for things like receipts or fortune (laughs) cookies, which I received neither of at either of these places. We're saving receipts now, folks. Read between the lines. (laughs) Get with the LLC. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to make so much money. (laughs) I did get a fortune, but only because I went up and asked for it at Pecking House, and I tried to pay for it, and she it said 25 cents on the on the container and she looked at me like come on you you i even had change like she I, she was like you're not going to pay for this that's pretty <laughs> steep really i i i've seen 10 cents yeah uh, i've seen like 5 for 25 or 4 sure. for 25 cents kind of thing anyway i got one and i also ate this before my meal by the way not that wow, that matters very weird yeah. no that's weird <laughs> i was hungry <laughs> i was in workout clothes i just came from the gym you know, they say that's like one of the best workout foods is fortune cookies, right? <laughs> Do you eat your fortune cookie every time? Or are there nah. times whenever you just take the fortune? Out? I mean, there's times when I, if we weren't doing this for the podcast, 
I don't get one. You oh know? yeah, for sure. If they're in it with the takeout bag, Lindsay and I will eat them and Absolutely. read them or whatever. But I'm not like seeking out fortune cookies. I'd say about fifty percent of the time, I'll crack them and look at the fortune and not, not even enjoy the delicious cookie. In there. <laughs> <laughs> My fortune. A fun party with close friends is in your future. Wow, it's a good one. Yeah. It's also kind of like actual fortune tellers. They can just say something so vague. Sure. Of course, a fun party with close friends is in my future because I love to party. <laughs> I could have gotten this any day of the week, folks. I'm glad you said that before I got to comment that you had never been to a party before. <laughs> well, the parties I go to, it's like people just sitting around and talking about which Matrix sequels better. <laughs> That's not really a party. A party's in the eye of the beholder. I mean, you want to break it down real quick? I, I think Reloaded yeah. is easily the better Let's sequel. Let's go ahead and do that an hour and 10 minutes into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I generally agree that Reloaded is better, but I am a big defender of... Uh, Revolution. Oh, yeah, well. it gets really drugged through the mud. I, I think it's a perfectly fine movie. I mean, neither of them are even going to touch the first one. Anyway, what are we going to rate <laughs> Picking House? I'm not done yet, Andy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, uh, maybe it's just the proximity to Shanghai in temporal proximity. Not a thing. Go ahead. <laughs> Drag I, it out. Drag it out. I think I can only give this place three tea yep. houses. Yep. I'm wavering between 2.5 and three, and I think three is probably fair. Sure. Three tea houses for pecking house. You know, if you're passing by and you got the hankering, it's just another one of the many tendrils that uh, have been uh, have, have seeped into Springfield many from the tendrils sun. of the Chinese food octopus. <laughs> no, but specifically from the sun family. No, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> That's not bad. We're being positive. This is po- <laughs> no, we obviously love the Sun family's history, and especially Andy is so cool to have come and done this. Yes. Yeah. So let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. Our poll is still open. Dan, where are we going to close that out? We will be closing the poll on midnight, January 19th, or the early, early morning of the 20th. Uh, just so we can get the results in before we record next. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. thinking we should go ahead and announce the winners and losers, or at least the first and second place or whoever we're going to cover that sure. kind of thing. And then ask people what we should order when we go. Hmm. I think that'd be interesting because these are people's picks that come from people's hearts and souls and we should do them justice. Well, you should. I'm just getting cashew chicken (laughs) (laughs) and I'll be dead before I don't. You know, I just realized that your rule is very beneficial for you because you only have to go once to get a full impression. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm like, has not stopped me from visiting some of these places more than once. I should probably try the lo mein. I should probably order something out of the authentic menu too. Next thing you know, you've spent $50 at Creation in one week. (laughs) Well, one of us has had like nine different cashew chicken dishes in the last (laughs) month or so. uh, So so we both got uh, pluses and minuses to our uh, Chinese New Year experiences. I'm not allergic to yet. tree nuts, too. What? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, like, wait, what? I've been going so into anaphylactic <laughs> shock pretty much every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and with that, uh, Dan has to now go inject himself with an EpiPen. <laughs> we will see you all next week for my favorite Chinese Ooh, restaurant, Springfield. Assuming they open. It's a real good one. Yeah. They're supposed to reopen on Wednesday, so we'll see if that happens. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Lincoln bio. My sister won uh, Miss Missouri. Yeah, she was the first yeah. Asian American like. Miss Missouri. Uh, she competed in Miss America. Uh, and um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to get the full story on that because I noticed there had to be some kind of journey when I was doing the research because the first story of her competing to be Miss Missouri was in the paper in 1991. Yeah. And she did not become Miss Missouri until 1994. 94. So there were like three uh, attempts, I guess, yeah. in that time. So I think the process goes, it's like, it's a two-year title. Uh-huh. And then oh, for that, so yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. three. Okay. I think so, at least. Um and then they've got a battle for the belt. Right. <laughs> so funny. Did you, guys, did you ever watch Miss Congeniality? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's this quote in Miss Congeniality. It's like, the year we lost was to a blind deaf girl. You can't beat that. That joke is actually from my sister's year. Oh. So um, 
Yeah, the Miss America who won was a deaf Miss America, and her talent was tap dancing. And um, they, you know, they 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 amped it up for the movie. They made her blind and deaf, but no, she was deaf. And um, her her manager or her person who her talent coach would stomp the beat on the ground, and so because she couldn't hear the music, and she would tap dance to that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is pretty wild. This is just I'm going to tell you a uh, sure totally serendipitous story that is really meaningless and isn't even that important. Please. But so Lindsay, Lindsay is my girlfriend, yeah. uh, Andy, other Andy, <laughs> I, you know, I'm the other Andy. <laughs> we have been watching Seinfeld over the last like two or three years, basically the entirety of our relationship, just watching a couple episodes here and there. And for sure. whatever reason, we kind of got back into the flow of doing that again recently. And yesterday we watched the last episode of season five and the first episode of season six. Now, the first episode of season six is whenever Jerry starts going on dates with the Miss America contestant. <laughs> and I was like, huh, that's so funny because we're going to interview uh, Andy's son tomorrow. And her sister became uh, Miss America. Not Miss America, Miss Missouri. Miss Missouri, yeah. And that would be, that'd be an even crazier story. So I looked it up. The Miss America pageant that your sister competed in was on uh, September 18th, 1994. This episode came out on September 21st. 1994. Oh, wow. So this was your sister's year, and I saw this last night. That's so funny. You yeah. know, they're actually having a 25 year reunion. Oh, that they've never done this before. But yeah, uh, my sister may be going up in a few months to visit all the other um, Miss States and, and the Miss America's home. Yeah, yeah. That's I thought so that was crazy. pretty wild. Yep. <laughs> that was this was yesterday, and you know, like I said, we've been watching it for. It's, this means nothing. I, this isn't. This is just a <laughs> no, crazy cool. coincidence. <laughs> well, but. it's so funny because like that's it's, that could be its own podcast because like there's so much that went into that like mm-hmm. a training. Like people think that um, Miss America is just a beauty pageant, but like really there's about a lot about talents and and you know the other the other part of the success story is that um, all all us kids have graduated with degrees, but uh-huh. my old sister is a, was a medical doctor. Uh-huh. Which is what she said she would be during the you know the the interview oh. part of the competition. She's like, I want to be a doctor, and yeah. she ended up doing that. Man, we could keep going on this for a very long time, but it's now been half an hour. We could just start a <laughs> podcast about your family. <laughs> Absolutely, like, <laughs> honestly, they did probably deserve it. Like, you oh, could thanks. do an hour long episode for ten weeks in a row. 